Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard at gophnx.com. Pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year. You're a part of our family. Speaking of family, he's my guy, Bo Brock, live from the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. I'm Johnny Venerable. Doing well after a nice little doubleheader on Monday Night Football, Bo. That was actually pretty electric uh, doubleheader last night. I thought that ESPN did. I was a little skeptical going in. I'm like, why the hell are they doing a double dip a Monday night in week 14? Who gives a crap? But they took two crap box games. And you had a couple upsets that you got to to witness. Yeah. And Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito uh, going against, I don't know what the Green Bay Packers tried to deploy out there defensively, but Whatever. he just sliced them up uh like uh some chicken parm and like it was just it was beautiful and then you on the other side of things you see uh deandre hopkins my god i was talking to our guy greg dorch about it today d hop looking like the d hop of old i i don't want to get off track here off the top of the show i think you and i've always felt because his game is not relying on speed like he's gonna age well in the nfl like he's going to produce i think i saw before the show he's like 120 yards away from another thousand yard receiving season. That's with Tannehill and Will Levis. So, you know, outside of injury, he he's still a really good player, not elite anymore. And he'd certainly be the Cardinals number one receiver here in late December. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that though. So congratulations. Well, can we talk about it just for a second? Okay, go ahead. What what are your thoughts on it? I mean, after seeing that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has proven that he has some left in the tank. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a question, I think, as far as the Cardinals' leadership goes. I, I think that they wanted to mostly get that gigantic financial figure off their books beyond this season. And that was their main motivation as far as cutting ties with D Hop. And, it, you know, him, you know, not exactly wanting to do anything as far as his contract goes beyond trying to make more money. What, what in hindsight, how do we view the decision to outright just cut DeAndre Hopkins? But also, you know, and, and our, our well versed audience knows that there was no market for DeAndre Hopkins. It was either kind of trade market. No, right. There wasn't, which was disappointing. Uh, because we had Jordan Schultz on this program, Super Bowl week combine, telling us like they're going to try to trade him, and we're just assuming somebody's going to give up something of value. Didn't happen. I think it's easy to sit here that we've been through the rigors of the season and saying like probably the difference between one to two games max, where's that put in the Cardinals? Cause they're right now, we're going to talk about it in a prime position to get a certain wide receiver out of Columbus. Should they lose out? Even if they win another game, like you win six games and D hops a part of your team. Like maybe that's good for the culture. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I think Michael Wilson probably loses some snaps to DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. You probably can't expedite his development, although he's hurt right now. 
Hollywood Brown situation certainly makes it murkier. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins would have been productive for you, Kyler Murray or not. Like he would have been productive with Joshua Dobbs. And, and I, I think he'd be cooking with gas with K1 right now. So we root for victories. We, we root for good performances by the Cardinals. And he would have aided that. But in the grand scheme of things, money's off the books. You're, you're in a prime position maybe to get the next great wide receiver. That's not DeAndre Hopkins and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say it worked out for everybody. Like, D-Hop took less money, and the Cardinals didn't get a draft pick. I think they were both better off. But you and I were celebrating on this show when, when it looked like post-draft, like, oh, they might keep him for the year. That That's yeah. going to be fun. It's it's good for us. It's good for the Valley. You know, my son's in the DeAndre Hopkins flag football league here in Chandler. Like, he's a big part of what they've done. So that was that was a difficult partying and it's it's great to see him ball out i still love the one of my all-time favorites yeah i mean you you can still see that he's making big time plays and utilizing those enormous hands of his and showing off his elite route running ability uh but i I like a lot of these comments on shot first what's up d hop just followed the money signing with the titans no doubt about it i mean his uh his like little tour there when he was, I think, still rostered by the Arizona Cardinals. Like weird. It's like, who are your top five quarterbacks? I'll tell you who wasn't on that list. Uh, a rookie, Will Levis, and, and of course, Mr. Washing Machine, Ryan Tannehill, um, or any of those Titans quarterbacks for that matter. Yeah. He took the biggest payday he could possibly get. I like this from Brian, too. Johnny DeVito re- leading the show. If you, are, you, are you kind of, are you tapping in? Forget about it. Hey, I'm walking to you, Brian. Hey, where's the freaking gabagool? (laughs) My Italian roots are in full force today. I've been injected by Tommy DeVito. His essence, right? Uh, He played college football, you know, 45 minutes from my hometown of Bloomington, Illinois last year. And I feel like he and I kind of are Kendrick spirits. So great to see him do well. Because again, the... On the field performance, I think, is being masked by the greatness that is his cast of characters off the field. I think it's yeah. one of the best stories in the NFL. Of course, his agent, which we teased on yesterday's show, his family dishing out sweet <laughs> cutlets before the game. I mean, it's, it's it's great. It's what makes the NFL great. Um, so, yeah, between that and D-Hop last night, we were eating good, not just with yeah. – you know, the cutlets and the meatballs and the scatty and everything. That's right. Johnny Cutlets, Big Bird 92, no doubt about it. How about this 999 super chat from Trent Smith as we talk about the wide receiver position? Love it. Feel like MHJ is this year's blue chip Will Anderson. I think the cards okay. trade down and get a haul of picks like last year in the draft. We all want MHJ. Just another solid O-line plus more picks is what we need. I thought I was going to agree with Trent Smith, but I, I do disagree with this. Like if you're in, in a prime position to select Marvin Harrison Jr., I think that you absolutely do it. You pull the trigger, you run to the podium. Uh, you don't even really field any any calls outside of, hey, overwhelm me with uh, an unbelievable haul of picks. Like a, a like one, like a Herschel Walker type deal that the Cowboys pulled off for the Vikings, you know, three decades ago. I don't think anyone is trading up for a receiver, even a generational one. I think the only way that the Cardinals entertain something like that is if they have a top two pick and they don't want Caleb or, or Drake may. Here's what I will say. Cause I, I don't want to poo poo everything that, that Trenton is saying. There's, there's a lot of truth to that statement in the sense that the Cardinals I've been told, like they feel like they still need everything because of course mm-hmm. they do look at the roster. I don't think this season some people think they overachieve. I, I think defensively they certainly have, but that doesn't discredit the fact that they need 
they basically could not turn their nose at any position outside of quarterback. That's that's my feeling. I think the Cardinals feel that way too. So the difference being the Cardinals took their medicine last year and they they traded down with Will Anderson Jr. on the board. History is going to tell us if that's a good decision or not. They don't necessarily need to do that again this year. They've got a mid-round, first-round pick. They've got three threes. They could add more with a trade back in the draft. They're going to get more in terms of comp picks. So, um, and, and not to say, like, if they miss out on Marvin, they could definitely trade down. I think that's very much going to be an option. So I, I do believe, like, this team is going to weigh everything. But you put the tape on. Will Anderson Jr. is a significantly better player than, or excuse me, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a significantly better prospect than Will Anderson yes. Jr. was. He would have been the, the number one non-quarterback last year. The Cardinals may very well have taken him at third overall last year. Just Will, to, I mean, everybody that was critiquing Will said that he had hit a ceiling. Now, clearly that's not true, but there, there's no ceiling with Marvin Harrison Jr. that people speak of. Right. No, I mean, I think that it's... It's fair to throw around generational. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that he's the best wide receiver to to hit the draft prospect wise since Calvin Johnson, who, yeah. who transcended his his uh, his offense in college, which was run first at, uh, yeah. at Georgia Tech. And the Arizona Cardinals with three wide receivers that they have under contract beyond uh, this season. I mean, it's it's a neat. It's a it's I love up there. This comment by, by Brian too. Atlanta once traded a lot for Julio Jones. They came up from the twenties. Browns made the mistake by by doing that trade. Absolutely, yeah. they didn't make the most. Who the hell were those assets? Brandon Whedon, thirty year old Brandon <laughs> Whedon on a you know on a rookie deal. I, you can. I mean, he's. I I just think he's he's more like is is as far as slam dunk prospects go. Like he he's more in the mold of of a Julio. And and these can't miss guys, Calvin Johnson, like I mentioned, then more so than like a Sammy Watkins. Like when I don't was feel the like last time we talked about a guy being generational and he didn't live up to the hype. Is it Sammy Watkins? Because what did he go fourth? Buffalo traded a, a haul yeah. to, to and move then up. Mike Evans, I think, went like a couple picks behind him, but and he's I gone mean, ten straight with a thousand yeah. yards receiving. Typically, Oops. it's like we say somebody's generational receiver. Not only are they great, they like make the Hall of Fame. Like Julio's yeah. going to the Hall of Fame, Calvin's in the Hall of Fame. Like AJ Green, maybe Hall very good. We'll see if he gets in. You know, Mike Evans is going to the Hall of Fame. You know, I think there are there are top receivers in classes like Jerry Judy and and Henry Ruggs who people liked. Mm-hmm. They weren't talked about like this. Jamar Chase is generational and is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I think we both agree on that. So I, the hit rate too is really high when we put a label like this on a receiver. That's not the case for certainly quarterback or tackle or edge rusher. I mean, like Chase Young is a is a nice player. He's not the first overall pick if they redo that draft. He's just not. He's not productive or healthy enough. So I I think you you should feel pretty good about. Oh yeah, it's a receiver, but usually like nine times out of ten, it's going to work out. Yeah, I, I just think that if you were to trade down and collect more assets, like to your point, are you going to find enough of an impact on on your whole roster and the players that you would receive that you're going to get on a down-to-down basis from a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and what he would bring to this passing attack. Because I think he immediately becomes wide receiver one and and gives you a threat that uh, is going to instill fear in NFC West defensive coordinators and whoever's on the Cardinal schedule next season, as early as next season. You and I were texting off-air about Hollywood Brown's future with this team and, and texting yeah. a, a mutual friend of the program and a source close to the team basically 
what, what's what's happened with Hollywood Brown? And like, mm-hmm. I, I do think that Hollywood Brown's predictable or predictability or availability, I should say, for next year is going to be predicated on if Marvin is available for the Cardinals. Like, as crazy as that, as that sounds, like, I think that's your plan A. And then your plan B might be to pivot and do a cheap deal with Hollywood and then draft yeah. the receiver. I mean, they, but. Would Let you? me throw a couple names out there real quick. Okay. We didn't mean to hijack this and make this wide receiver talk right out of Gates because we have some comments from Arizona Cardinals offensive coordinator Drew Petzing that are that in regards to Kyler Murray and his future with the franchise. But you know, digging some digging, and I'm going to do a closer breakdown of of the wide receiver room and its future. But I mean, Hollywood Brown, or would you look at somebody like Gabe Davis, or would you look at somebody like Noah Brown, or you know, Tyler Boyd, all those guys, uh, better height. And I think fit what Drew Petzing wants to do offensively. And, and like, that's what Hollywood Brown has kind of played himself into is probably contracts like Gabe Davis and Noah Brown are going to receive this offseason more so than the likes of Michael Pittman and T Higgins and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I, you guys are crushing it in the chat saying, Stephen saying Jonathan Cooper was generational. He was, and then he was also a huge mega bust at, at guard. Poor guy broke his leg. It was a bad break. He was, it was, it was, he, it was tough. Yeah. He was the best lineman they had in 2013 as a rookie before he got hurt. Uh, Blaine speaking truth to the chat. Like if Terry McClellan, the Washington commanders end up with that third pick and they can't get a quarterback, like does Terry become available? Uh, you know, to me, I'm with you. I would go with the bigger receiver. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood's gutting it out right now, commendable, but the, the Cardinals are trying to play meaningful, meaningful games in 2024. You give Hollywood a little bit of scratch, man. Like, a, is he, he going to want to play through injury? Like, I also don't think like this offense, lean into what you want to do. Don't give yourself contingents or, or stipulations. Like, yeah, no, we really want to run the Shanahan offense with big physical receivers like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. That's our prototype. But just because this personnel was here, let's let's double down on it again in 2024. No, you have an out clause. You didn't trade for Hollywood Brown. He doesn't fit. He's not healthy and he's not productive. Right. Go a different direction. Give yourself some some wiggle room here. Yeah, I just don't think, you know, moving around and, and we've seen suggestions of, of playing him in the slot primarily. And it's like we we don't know too much as far as what that would look like. But what yeah. we do know is, I mean, this is not a sample size. As you've pointed out, I mean got 1000 yard receiving season in five years as a first round pick out of oklahoma christian and kirk's a, a better wide receiver yes infinitely yes and you know i i don't know if we would have been saying that you know the night of the 2022 draft uh first round when they when they dealt uh their 23rd overall pick for in for hollywood brown a third over third round pick but um i i just think like even bringing him back on like the ideal deal I don't think makes sense right now. I just don't know where he comes in, makes an impact. I just don't know where he comes in and, and, and really kind of puts up consistent numbers. He's not going to play special teams. Right. Like Greg Dorch and Rondell Moore playing special. They will play special teams. They will return punts and kicks and they can do some things out of the backfield. Hollywood's never played the slot at the NFL level. So he'd have to play outside receiver. And him playing outside receiver in the NFL has yielded one 1,000-yard season. I like this comment from Ken because okay. I, I agree with this to some extent. Like, we need Harrison for sure. That can be true. I'm also hoping we win too much to get him. Like, I, I want to see the Cardinals win games. And I think it's the schedule's tough, and we're being realistic here, and most pundits still have the Cardinals picking 
in the top three, but like Kyler Murray cooking with gas at the end of the year. I, I get it. We're, we're infatuated with Marvin. We want Marvin, but is Cardinal Charles 71's putting out there. And again, like I take my medicine Fashino from Penn state's a really good prospect. Joe Alt's a really good prospect. They can help the Cardinals exponentially yeah. next year. And you want to you want to have a little bit of swag and, and cachet and momentum at an end of the offseason. You want to lose four straight to end the year. So again, the only I've seen this many, many times, and people can disagree, and that's fine. The only time it makes sense to quote unquote tank at the end of the year is if you need a quarterback or your quarterback's out like last year with Kyler Murray and you needed a high pick. Kyler Murray and this franchise want to win games. And if they win games, we're just going to let the, the chips fall where they may because they believe Bull Brock, and we have evidence now, that he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, we do. And, and we'll get into that soon, I promise. But, you know, the the value of winning games, and even though Jonathan Gannon doesn't believe in momentum, but what it does is it continues to solidify the processes that they've put in place and, and how the, the process is now generating the results that they want as, a, as yeah. an organization, as a franchise, and and just kind of really drives those those that home and, and continues to solidify this, this culture shift, right? That this buy-in to, to get awesome Fort Gannon um, is, is worth it. And if they can just get enough talent on this roster and, and move forward, continue to move forward, that it's going to pay off. So I, I think that that would do more good than like, okay, you know, we get the best wide receiver instead of the best tackle, you know, because there's still going to be a prime position to get, a premium, like the top player prospect at a, a given position, no matter what they do. I'm going to tell you right now, if this franchise cannot overcome not getting Marvin Harrison Jr., they have the wrong people. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we're using Marvin Harrison Jr. as an excuse next year as to why they're not winning games, uh, we got bigger problems. As, as Easton puts in the chat, 499. Thank you so much, my guy. Super chat. I wouldn't mind taking a tackle high again this year. I'm going to tell you right now, the Cardinals wouldn't mind either. If right. we end up with pick four, five, or six, and I think at the end of the day, you know, if they win a game or two, that's that's likely the scenario because Jaden Daniels is a freight train from hell right now in terms of his draft stock, and I think he's only going to help himself in the offseason. There, there are going to be teams that draft and maybe overdraft a quarterback, and then the Cardinals are going to pick the carcass of the rest of the top ten, and they're going to get a premium position, like wide receiver. He's not picking the carcass. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, there's it's a lot of fat good. left on it's that. He, yeah, it's he, yeah. it's like Thanksgiving. I, I, my poor example, but these two tackles. I mean, like, is Fashion not my favorite? No, and I'll probably fall in love with him when we chat with him at the comp. I mean, he's a big teddy bear. Joe Alt to me is is my preference. I don't know which way the Cardinals are leaning, but I, they they would have no issues at all winning games and taking one of the two tackles at all. Let's take a look at a couple more of these super chats that we have right now. As Johnny said, we are killing it. Uh, is it Rhonda? Randa? Z Randa? MZ. Uh, randoms. MZ. How much would it change the draft if Marvin Harrison Jr., because there's speculation rumors out there if he decides not to go to the draft? Um, look, I mean... There's the rumors are the speculation is that Ohio State has enough boosters in 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 their NIL fund to match what an NFL rookie would make for Marvin Harrison Jr. I believe they're running back Trayvon Henderson, and I just don't know if that is going to motivate Marvin. Like they're saying, he wants to come back and and beat Michigan because he hasn't done that. Okay, I just, bro. Like I, I don't buy it. 
Like no. I think Marvin Harrison utilized, and this, I say this in the nicest way, in all due respect to to the fans of Ohio State and you know Columbus and and all that Buckeye Nation, whatever. His motivation is is to star at the NFL level like his father did. I don't think you know he might want to beat Michigan, but it's not enough to to not go to the NFL this off season. Makes me feel good about his football character and the and the idea of trying to win as a team and and being a big team guy. I love hearing that, but I agree. I don't. Let's entertain it for a second, though, for the sake of, of Rondo's question. I, I think you could see a scenario instead of two quarterbacks going one, two, and Marvin going three, maybe three quarterbacks, you go three for three. If it's if it's the Bears, if it's the Patriots, and if it's Washington, why, why can't Jaden Daniels be a Washington commander? And then the Cardinals, again, get their pick of a tackle. But uh, Cardinals are picking four. They just they go BPA on, on tackle. Maybe, maybe they yeah. take an edge rusher if one – skyrockets off the board and they fall in love with the kid from Bama or somebody else. But I don't think it changes a lot unless they win. Let's say they win two or three of these games and they're pushed all the way to the bottom of the, of the top 10. That's where it would, it would make things a little bit more difficult. But again, the values there that this draft is, is deeper than five or six guys. And a lot of people think four quarterbacks could sneak into the top 10 Cardinals are going to be the benefactor of that. We're the benefactor of Randall's 499 super chat. Thank you so much. My guy, Uh, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Michael Wilson, Greg Dorch will be a solid wide receiver trio on the field in 2024. Absolutely. You know what else I would like about that? It would be very cost effective. Greg Dorch would be making the most amount of money, rightfully so of those three individuals, because Marvin and Michael are on their rookie deal. You'd sign Greg Dorch to a fair market price. You could allocate money elsewhere. Go sign the best available mm. left guard. Go sign a defensive tackle. Go sign a number one corner, Jalen Johnson out of Chicago. Like you, people want to bitch and complain about Kyler Murray's contract. There's a great way to be able to mitigate some of that cost up front. Yeah, and I think that you could still add, uh, and I think you have to add a wide receiver via free agency. And I'm not sure. talking like the top group. I mean, still somebody that's affordable and, and somebody that that can play a role. And you know, as much as I like Greg Dorch, I think that you can get somebody. Um, you know, Dorch would could either take Rondell Moore's spot as starting slot, and Rondell could be his backup. Um, or you, and you can get a guy like uh, you know, a Boyd or uh, Gabe Davis, and that that's a pretty good looking wide receiver core. When really it's it's there's not it's a skeleton crew once the final whistle on this season uh, blows at the end of the 2023 campaign. Well, Trevor Sickerman told us last week when I egregiously tried to take two receivers in the first round, he said, even <laughs> if you get Marvin, you could double dip in the in the third round and get real value. Yeah. And they have three threes. Uh, and if there's a player that they deem worthy, then they won't hesitate. Oh, for sure. 499 Super Chat, friend of the program. I think we win with or without Marvin Harrison Jr. and Monty. We trust. <laughs> I sure hope so. I, I think, again, we talked about it on yesterday's show. You know, Pittsburgh games is the blueprint. Like, Run the football, accurate quarterback play. Kyler makes a, a couple special plays. You know, overachieving defense with Jonathan Gannon, at least early on. Like, the recipe's there. They they should win. You know, the over-under for this team, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it, I think is going to be in the vicinity of about seven or eight next year. I think the Cardinals win nine to ten games next year, assuming they do everything right this offseason. If you lose out on Marvin Harrison Jr. at the top of the draft, uh, yeah, it's the, the consolation prizes are not... They're, they don't suck, right? No. It, it's it's uh, it's going to be more than just like a pack of Tic Tacs and some gum. It's going to be, you can get a playmaker if you wanted to. 
you know, with your pick, or you could trade down, uh, or you could utilize that Texans pick, which we'll take a look at here sh- shortly. But like Malik Neighbors, Roman Dunzier, uh, Keon Coleman, and then later, as, as Trev pointed out, uh, Jalen Polk out of Washington, Troy Flank- Franklin out of out of Oregon, former Sun Devil wide receiver who played at Florida State. Uh, was it Johnny Wilson, six seven? Big body wide receiver. I mean, there's some really, really, it's a really, really deep class. Uh, Didi, there's a high probability that mining will trade out of the third pick. I'm, I'm going to say the only likelihood of that happening is if uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. goes first overall to Chicago Bears. And listen, uh, our friends at CSGO, they're drinking the Kool Aid. They think the Bears are going to win out, make the playoffs. Marvin goes first overall. I, Cleveland mm-hmm. lost a couple tackles this week. I mean, that could the, could the Bears upset the, the Browns? We'll see in Cleveland. Yeah. So the, much uh, cipher at the end the, of the year. It's great. The orange Kool-Aid. It's too sugary, my friends. Let's just put it down. Let's take, let's not guzzle it by the gallon full, friends. <laughs> like, let's come on. I mean, I know that you get the Browns this week, as you mentioned, like that could be a nightmare matchup for, for them. Like what what they're what Joe Flacco is showing he's capable of, which is shocking. Uh and, and then also like that defense and how it matches up against I mean, who the bear, what good defense have the Bears actually performed against this season? They've it's been shut picking, down by the Vikings defense. Yeah, they're 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 picking on some bad defenses this season. Um, so I'm 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 not drinking that Kool Aid at all. I mean, I don't think the Bears are are gonna. And, and you know what's crazy, and we'll talk about this later. That the Cardinals are still not mathematically eliminated from the postseason. There's still a path, several paths to the playoffs for the Cardinals. Should we be like CHO and just say, "Hey, let's until it's happened, until they're mathematically eliminated, let's talk about them being in the playoffs." I will say, if the Bears beat the Cleveland Browns this week, then the New Year's or uh, New Year's Christmas Eve game, yeah. Soldier Field, that's the biggest game in like five years at that at Soldier yeah. Field. It's gonna be a hot ticket. Uh, that would be very Chicago Bears like to win <laughs> against the Browns. Like if you think like we're a bit of a poverty franchise and we don't get nice things that often, like neither do the Bears. And, yeah. and historically might be worse. Like they would get all this momentum and then Christmas Eve take a giant dump on their fan bases' faces with a Jeez. with a loss on Christmas <laughs> Eve. That's graphic. <laughs> It'd be a hot ticket. Is it a hot ticket this weekend? Arizona Cardinals host San Francisco. Uh, let's make sure that Cardinal fans are well represented, folks, at State Farm Stadium. Do it with our friends at Game Time. Twenty bucks off your first purchase with you guessed it. Bonus code PHNX. Again, I've used Game Time since I moved to the Valley. It's my favorite ticketing app. It's frankly the only ticketing app that the venerable household uses. Not just on sporting events, folks. I'm talking about concerts. Uh, specialty venues like hell they got stuff for my my kids they've got disney on ice they've got a bunch of cool stuff check it out save you money at the end of the day great time to be loading up on tickets with the holiday season right around the corner christmas in two weeks download the game time app use that code phnx it's 20 bucks off your first purchase hell that might cover cost of majority of your tickets so terms and conditions apply create an account and redeem again phnx $20 $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price bow guaranteed. Yeah. And the, uh, talk about saving some money. How about just trying to find Phoenix Suns games? It used to cost have at least cost you, uh, paying for cable each and every month, but now it uh, maybe you just go get yourself, um, some antenna and throw it on the back of your TV and you're set up. 
to watch Suns games on Arizona Family Sports. What they have going on at AZ Family, they make it easy for you to find the Suns broadcast. And you got games as early as tomorrow night taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Also, you got the Knicks game coming up, Wizards. I mean, it, the Suns are hitting full swing. Their, their season after this in-season tournament is now starting to, to heat up. And hopefully the Suns do as well. You can watch the games on Arizona's Family 3 TV and Arizona Family Sports Channel 44. If you're outside the Phoenix area, well, go to azfamily.com and search, and you can find click on the Suns games option. And they'll give you the listing information. You're out there in Yuma. You're in Flagstaff. You're in Tucson or he's far east is Albuquerque in New Mexico. You can check out Suns games. Thanks to our friends over at Arizona Family Sports and AZ Family Sports. Friends helping friends. Drew Petsy and Kyler Murray, they seem like they're close friends today, Bo. Uh, early on the Twitter streets this morning, Adam Schefter posted a tasty little nugget from his own podcast, the Adam Schefter Podcast, where you guessed it, he chatted with the Cardinals offensive coordinator, Drew Petsing about a number of topics, including one Kyler Murray, Bo. Now let's hear from Adam Schefter and Drew Petsing. And then, Drew, I know it's not your decision. But Arizona has two first-round draft picks. A lot of people wondered whether they could eventually pursue a quarterback. But it sounds like in your mind, you know who you'd like your quarterback to be. Am I reading that incorrectly? No, absolutely. I think, and the goal is always going to be to make the roster better in every way, shape, and form. I think Monty, the you know the scouting staff, the entire department is committed to that goal. But feel really good about where Kyler's at as a franchise quarterback. I mean, he's absolutely that, as you just said. And I think he's done a great job of embracing that role and owning that role and, and moved into that role as he hit the field here, you know, whatever it was about a month ago. Um, so I've been really pleased with that. Offensive coordinator Drew Petzing kind of uh, giving his blessing to Kyler Murray as the future franchise quarterback, current franchise quarterback and past franchise quarterback signed a franchise quarterback deal. Last offseason, before the start of the 2022 campaign, $230.5 million. And it was one of the biggest question entering this season, Johnny, was will they keep Kyler Murray? Will he make the case for them to keep Kyler Murray? And, you know, what it looks like with Kyler Murray beyond 2023. And, and Drew Petzing, uh, you know, speaking on behalf of the organization, I, I think, you know, he felt comp- confident enough to do so. Uh, gives me confidence that Kyler's the guy moving forward, even more so. Well, I mean, this show's been telling you that for a couple of weeks that like yeah. barring something unforeseen, like they were going to roll with K1, but he had to come back and he had to win a couple games and he had to show that he was still very much the quarterback that netted a, a $250 million extension two years ago. And he's done that. And again, he put in the time and the effort with the, with the franchise, with the coaching staff, certainly coming back from his torn ACL. And then over this last month, you have seen glimpses of the old Kyler Murray. And you project that out with a full offseason, strength and conditioning, Drew Petzing, Jonathan Gannon, lockstep, and preparing for 2024. Like, that's a playoff quarterback. Like, we can romanticize these draft prospects all we want. We sure as hell do on this show. But, you know, Drake May, Caleb Williams, there's a chance that neither of them have the NFL career of Kyler Murray, two-time Pro Bowler, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And a lot of people think his best football ahead of him. So I think the way his teammates have responded to him and vice versa, the coaching staff, 100% bought in. I mean, you know, I'm texting with somebody close to the team. It's like, guys, he, he, they went to the statue unveiling at Oklahoma. They they embraced yeah. this guy. And he he wanted to be embraced. He wanted a, a, a community and a culture like this. Like, respectfully, Cliff Kingsbury could not develop a culture. And then when you've got a toxic general manager overseeing and undercutting your quarterback left and right with some – 
you know, some work from the owner, from the franchise owner, Michael Bidwell, like they needed to clean up a lot. And it's like Kyler Murray respects the hell out of the coaching staff. That can't be echoed enough. Drew Petzin, Nick Rollis, and Jonathan Gannon come from big boy franchises that had success. Kyler Murray, it's like game recognizes game. He's got immense respect for Lincoln Riley, and he knows that the Cardinals, if they're going to compete in the NFC West, they need a coaching staff that, that can elevate. And these guys have shown you that they can do that. Cardinal Charles said he wanted both his franchise quarterback one more time. It's the franchise quarterback drinking game. I don't know if you know that, Charles. You are a little too young for that. But if you are participating, next time I say franchise quarterback, take a shot. That's how it works here at PH Next Cardinals. Um, I mean, he Jonathan Gannon had more than the sneaking suspicion that Kyler Murray had it in him, right? That he was his guy and he was going to be his guy moving forward. He just needed to see it play out. On the grass, that that's a big thing for JG. He became kind of um, he he became a big Kyler Murray fan as soon as he put ink to paper on his contract. We saw the video from the Cardinals social media uh, team where yeah. you know they they greeted each other for the first time, and you know paraphrasing, but saying like he's a big reason of why he took the job, and yeah. and, and we're gonna win, and we're gonna win because of you, and now he got Kyler Murray back and he, he, after rocking it in his rehab and rocking it in his, uh, in the classroom and, and preparing to to take the field. And now he's done it for the most part on the fly, learning a new offense in a, a completely new style and, and done it pretty well while really acclimating himself to it. So th- this, th- they are, Kyler Murray had the edge and I think now he's, he's really just kind of solidifying himself in the final four games of the season. Let's do a quick story time here. When Kyler Murray was ramping up to come back and he had been activated off a of pup and they were integrating him into practice, like I'm told the coaching staff and specifically John and Gannon, Bowen, you and I have had this conversation off air, were blown away by how talented he was. Yeah. Like you could you heard the stories, you could see it on game film, and they've coordinated against him. But like having not Kyler Murray run your practices offensively to oh, we just substituted and inserted a top 10 quarterback that can do things that very few people can do. A top 10 draft pick in two professional sports, first time that's ever happened, like they were blown away. So all they had to see was it play out on the field. And I mean, he went in the Heinz field and beat Mike Tomlin head head to head. and And he took down the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, I think if they played Houston this weekend, they'd beat the Houston Texans. So to me, it's just at the end of the day, they just needed to have that reaffirmed of who he was and what he's capable of doing. And right now, I think they're going to win at least one more game. They're not going to be in a position to take a Caleb Williams or even a Drake May at this point. And I think, like, you're, you're going to argue that Jaden Daniels is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray in 2024 and beyond. Like, that, that's laughable. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Kyler Murray was racking up wins against Kyle Shanahan and Pete fucking Carroll while Jaden Daniels couldn't complete, you know, 50% of his throws at ASU, respectfully. Like, Jane's a nice prospect, got a long way to go. It's like the quickest way for this franchise and this coaching staff in particular, and I'll include, you know, Monty Austin Ford and the scouts, to win games, to get extensions, to have security with their family here in the in the Valley and not be fired by Michael Bidwell is, let's go out and win games and compete in 2024. Yeah. And that and that and that's with Kyler Murray. Yeah, Jaden Daniels turns 23 in next week. Gonna be twenty-three-year-old rookie quarterback. Uh, Kyler Murray's twenty-six. I mean, is, is there? <laughs> Jaden Daniels has played what five years at, at the collegiate level. And, and Kyler, I mean, he it, it took him one year to, to dominate that level and then move yeah. on. And 
it's yeah, that is it is very laughable. And the Arizona Cardinals moving forward now they can focus on on how they rebuild this this roster. And, and one of the big things, and, and they did set themselves up. I believe this. I still believe it that they to pivot any direction, but. Now they know, I think, what direction they're going at the quarterback position, and it, you can surround Kyler Murray. I mean, dominated, you know, playing kind of scout team role. He was going up against the first team defense in his first couple weeks back, and and was, you know, just putting on a show. Guys like Tristan Colon, who spent time with the Baltimore Ravens organization, was asking other offensive linemen, like, "Hey, this is how this goes. Like, this is how good this always looks with with Kyler Murray in the shotgun and under center." And they're like, "Yeah, this is pretty much business as usual." And he played with Lamar Jackson for God's sakes, and he's mm-hmm. he's blown away with with Kyler Murray and his, his arm talent and his playmaking ability. I uh, Gannon seen Jalen Hurts in practice, so for him to to kind of lead you to think that Kyler Murray is a different animal in practice. He's just, he's just a special athlete and a special football player. That's that's what it is. And you don't you don't give up on those kind of players, especially as some folks have pointed out in the chat, like this isn't the fallacy to say, like he's grown up too. He's a different 26-year-old than he was a 24, 23-year-old. And the Cardinals and this coaching staff, they play a part in it. They're going to benefit from that. Uh, let's talk some draft before we do a different kind of draft, a little bit of a roll into the dice. How about the Arizona Lottery? But instead of making a top three pick, how about just a dollar? You can win up prizes up to $500,000. Scratchers this holiday season, the perfect stocking stuffers. And again, it's for anybody, naughty or nice. I'm feeling a little naughty. I might splurge on a couple Arizona lottery tickets to load up. I got you know some, some events to go to, White Elephant, Gift Exchange. They're like my favorite thing, plug and play. Everybody loves a scratcher. Go out, buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K, by the way. Love our peeps at Circle K. Uh, and you can dabble on the Arizona Lottery. Check them out, ArizonaLottery.com. Now, you do, Bo, have to be 21 or older to play. I'm uh, scratching off my holiday cash scratcher. I can win up to 500 bucks. Uh, it looks like we got a winner here for... I love a good scratch off. About $2. Not too bad. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. and uh, Profit. A little profit, yeah. I mean, this thing probably cost a dollar, made a dollar. Not too bad on a making some money on a Tuesday at uh, five thirteen. So Arizona Lottery, great uh, stocking stuffer, and of course, you can give to any of your friends and family during the holidays. Also, what you could do and stuff some stockings with is our friends over at OG's Brands of yeah, Arizona's yeah. Cannabis Kitchen. What they're doing, what they're cooking up, it's uh, something you can unwrap. It's merry, it's bright, it's downright delicious gift. Of OG's gummies this holiday season, whether you're gifting to a friend or treating yourself, OG's is the ultimate holiday hack for peace in mouth-watering cheer. That's beautiful, actually. Uh, as we want to kind of get into OG's, if you want to dabble, check out their full product line, ogsbrands.com. F- figure out if you're like the fruits or the creams or if you just like the mix bags that they have uh, that are available. It's a slam dunk for your taste buds with those bold flavors. OG's Brands, follow them on socials at OG's Brands. Go to ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 years or older. Um, let's talk a little draft. Uh, Tommy DeVito and company delivering that sweet, sweet Christmas gift come early last night. The reason why both victories were big and we didn't think either of those teams were winning last night. We did the show, uh, both kicked off five 30, uh, mountain time yesterday. The, the New York giants now and the Tennessee Titans have put themselves in a position where like probably not realistic for those teams to get, Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's look at the updated draft standing. So we don't have the win losses on this, but what we can tell you is 
everybody not named the Commanders, Cardinals, Patriots, and Bears have five wins or more, which means that if the Cardinals beat San Francisco this weekend, they cannot fall further than pick four, which is a good place to be because the Giants and the Titans, they fell subsequently three spots apiece, falling from like five to six now all the way to eight to nine. And again, that takes into account strength of schedule. But the Cardinals, they're the only three-win team. And the Commanders, they're the only four-win team, Bo. Yeah. it's uh, We talked about how advantageous of a position that Monty Osfort and the Cardinals are with their draft positioning. And yeah, I mean, you had to eat a lot of crap to get here, right? Because yeah. it, it in 3-10 season, it's, it's tough to endure. I don't care if you're ready for it and you understand, you know, how brutal rebuild could be but you know dropping games like they did to to houston and the one to the rams that wasn't even close and it was nice to have competitive games but you know you still fall short and you can real you can see where the team didn't capitalize or couldn't take advantage of some opportunities it sucks but now you see the light at the end of the tunnel and the arizona cardinals you know just the the with the panthers pick being the top of the draft for the bears. And then the Patriots, you know, probably got their last one of the season against the Steelers last Thursday. Uh, The Cardinals are in a prime position to potentially win a game and stay in a, in a top spot to get a big time player in, in Marvin Harrison jr. And and not too far for like, if you, if you play yourself even out of uh, MHJ, like the two tackles right there, uh, not bad consolation prizes. Uh, The number four picking team here in the Commanders play the number seven picking team here in the Jets in the final month of the season. That that's going to be a big game for this franchise for a couple different reasons. So Jets easily win that. Well, somebody's moving down. Sam Howell they can move the football a little bit. And again, like how does the quarterback situation against the Jets defense? Okay, bro. All right, Sam Howell's a good year. I'm I'm trying to talk up the Commanders so they win an effing game. Come on now. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, they already fight like. The the one weakness of the Jets is their offense, and you know Washington blew out Jack Del Rio. He was making an impact as a DC, and whoever they got as interim, he's not doing very well. I mean, it seems like they consistently give up thirty. Zach Wilson, all he just doesn't have to do is turn over the football, and it seems like they can it's win. Not that sensible, Bo SmackDown Chase. That's not what's happening at all. I don't like that at all. Uh, I do like this. I think we've got an up. Do we have an updated? Um, Big board as it relates to, let's check the top three pick odds uh, through week 14. So this is interesting. Um, this is from Seth Walder on Twitter. Earn a chance for a top three pick in the 2024 NFL draft. This is according to analytics from ESPN. I'm more into manalytics, am I right? Let's see some manalytics here. Bears via Panthers, no. 99%. <laughs> Chicago. I mean, the Panthers are one of the worst teams in I, I would say the last 20 years, like I I'm, I'm ready to lump them in with just a step above the winless lines and, and, and Browns. I, I think they're, a, they're all an unwatchable product. I had Chubba Hubbard in fantasy football it was a disaster. Miles Sanders and company. Then you've got the Patriots Cardinals giants. This is before last night, commanders, Titans, Raiders, bears, jets. So Seth and, and company still very much believing that the Cardinals are going to have a top three pick and hell, like could the Patriots, win a game or two they're not supposed to. I think I misspoke earlier. I think the Patriots have three wins. I think the Patriots and the Cardinals have the same record. So right. it, it will take a Herculean effort for the Arizona Cardinals to beat either the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers. Is it fair to expect those to not be dubs for the Cardinals? That's fair, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so then we're looking at the Chicago Bears in two weeks on Christmas Eve and then the finale in week 18 against Seattle. Now, Seattle could very well be playing for a playoff spot or they could be sitting players at the end of the year. That's going to be a very interesting situation. If the Cardinals beat the Bears, they lose the two games they're projected to lose. People, and they're still in striking distance for Marvin Harrison Jr., people are going to be upset if they <laughs> if they win that finale against Seattle. Now, I, I would like to see Gannon win a division game. I hate Pete Carroll. I'm trying to force him into retirement. Like, I want to see them kick, kick Seattle's ass. But emotions will be running high in the Valley that day, no doubt. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, of all weeks of the season, I get it. We Like, I wasn't I, – I felt pain for that Houston Texans – franchise and its fan base last year when lovey smith went out and got a meaningless meaningless win in the season finale to drop to drop them uh in the draft and you you know to i'm all for game like going ham against the niners this week and trying to win a game on christmas eve against the bears and even though our friends over at cgo chgo have already checked that box they put the the sharpie in the w next to the the bears name on the schedule and then in philly like Sign me up. That's that's the one game that I would love to see Jonathan Gannon if his team were to play above and beyond its capabilities on the road at Philly. And, and Philly's struggling. Who knows if they can buck these these negative trends uh, between now and then? I would assume so. But uh, they, they don't have their top coordinators still in place, and I don't know how they're going to fix it on the fly. It's going to take a Herculean effort from from Jalen Hurts and the players on that on the defensive side of the football. So uh, it's it. It really would shock me, but pleasantly surprise me. But if they drop, you know, as expected, a game to San Francisco this week and Philly in week 17, and they're sitting in a prime position in the finale, I can't say honestly that I'm not saying, hey, just lose the game. It would be the most disheartening four quarters of football or gut-wrenching, I, I should say, that we've had in some time like a game that means very little in the landscape of this season but could mean a lot for the projection of this this franchise i don't want to win the game if seattle's not playing to win because then you definitely feel like this is just kind of a farce right i think i think you have clayton tune on standby in that game and and you tell kyler murray the offseason is yours the team is yours we're going to make you inactive we're going to bring up Jeff Driscoll, and we're going to go get the a specimen out of Columbus. Like it's that's going to be one of the most interesting weeks. We'll have everybody tapped in, all of our sources, to see what they would do in that scenario. We're not there yet, and who knows if the Commanders win another game? That's irrelevant. Cardinals can go and they can win two games, and I think be okay. Maybe not. It, it's it's going to be a little dicey. I'd love to see. It. I also saw a graphic the other day, the difference between a, like a top eight pick or the eighth pick in the draft and like the playoffs is like a game and a half the difference so like things can get muddled up real quick i wish we had that the uh tankathon do we have that screenshot that you put in there the tankathon screenshot of where the cardinals are picking what do you want to know about it well tell me strength of schedule wise the teams that are above arizona let's look at the top 10 again damon Who's got a better strength of schedule in the top 10, a tougher strength of schedule than the Arizona Cardinals do between the Chargers and the Commanders? Who's got, I mean, none, nobody has a tougher strength of schedule so, than the Arizona Cardinals. So theoretically, Cardinals. Cardinals win two games. 
And the like, Arizona Cardinals have the toughest strength of schedule, and I'm looking at it all the way down to their other pick at 16 with the Texans. Oh my God. They don't. Nobody has a, a tougher strength of schedule than the Arizona Cardinals, so they're so not going to edge out anybody. There could be a scenario in which if they if they win both of those games and they go two and two down the stretch and they play 500 football with Kyler Murray, they could go from three to like nine, eleven, ten, something like that. Eleven, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, no, I mean they can't get down. Uh, Atlanta's at six and seven. So, Some of those teams are going to play each other. Some of yeah. these teams are going to go head-to-head. Chargers um, aren't winning another game probably this season with the Easton Stick at quarterback. No, the, that team's know, ready You're already seeing, you know... Titans uh, are beating Houston, yeah. by the way. That's happening. At least one of the two games? Mm-hmm. Okay. Your boy called that on Sunday. I said that last week. And okay. now I feel really good about it with testosterone boy going nuts. <laughs> With the op, like they're they're ta- they're taking care of D'Amico and company one time. <sighs> then you've got the Jets and the Commanders that play each other. I mean, it's just going to be the. This is why we do this because we're we get Kyler Murray, we get to watch Kyler Murray for a month of football. It's great, and we also get to teeter and be sick to our stomach, potentially losing out on a Hall of Fame level prospect. I love it. I love it. Inject it. I just think realistically, it's it, the Bears game is is the winnable game left. The, like the lone winnable game. Where you, you know it's not necessarily a coin flip. You're going on the road, probably you know, arguably a, a more talented roster, no doubt about it. As far yeah. as what the Bears have, um, the the Arizona Cardinals, but still a winnable game for them. But like Philly and, and San Francisco, probably shouldn't be. Well, here, I, can so I ask you Seattle, like I said, that Seattle game, like. Well, that's where I'm You're going. Right. They're tune squad that that game. Like maybe let Kyler go in there, throw a couple passes, and then call it a day. Seattle plays four games left. They're five. I think they're five hundred right now. They're like six and six. Maybe six not. and seven. Six and seven. So they're thirteenth right now. I mean, they can move up close to the top ten. They're starting Drew Locke. Geno Smith's elbow is kaput. So Seattle hosting the Eagles this week. Who's winning that game? Seattle's hosting. I'm sorry, who? The Eagles. Yeah, I mean, and the Eagles. Sh- it should be a get-right game for for Philly. Then Seattle goes to ten- Tennessee. Who's winning that game? Seattle goes to the Titans. Oh man, they it's in Nashville. Yeah, Geno's back. They can win if he's not, and it's Drew Locke. Vrabel getting hot. <laughs> Coin flip though, right? Not a walk. Yeah, yeah. Then they then then Seattle hosts Mike Tomlin's fraudulent Steelers in Man. week seventeen. It's just like Spider Man meme, like fraud squads. And then the and then they they go to Arizona. I mean, like, are they sitting players week eighteen, or are they trying to win with Drew Locke and Dirt McGirt? I mean, that <laughs> that that. It's going to be hard for Cardinal fans if the Cardinals beat does, Chicago. Does Pete Carroll have it in him to do that, though? I mean, he came to Arizona two years ago and cost the Cardinals the division just by right. spite. He had a fresh pack of gum, was ready to chomp it arrogantly throughout the game on the sidelines. I, see, here's where it could get dicey for for folks. Is Johnny and, knew, and they no. knew very well that they were they were right on the precipice of, of a rebuild. I mean, that offseason, they they started cleaning house. Jonathan Gannon doesn't want to go 0 for 6 in the division. Like, don't underestimate that. Now, 
you're gifted a, a farce if they're sitting players, but that being Seattle, man, that I here's what, how I view it. Jonathan Gannon can learn about the bottom half of his roster, uh, bottom half that he hasn't had the opportunity to really evaluate. Why not get some looks at, you know, I, Clayton Toon, it, it should be a kind of a rehearsal, like a just an evaluation of him. Like, the Cardinals could go find a backup quarterback this this offseason. Is anybody sold that Clayton Toon can could handle like if if Kyler Murray did get hurt and historically he does get hurt, get nicked up throughout a season, you know, he's had a hamstring. Give he's me had a percentage ankle. that they would do that. So that they're beating the Bears, they lose the other two games. Yeah. They lose if should they win that game, they lose Marvin Harrison Jr. We're gonna assume the commanders beat the Jets. Give me a percentage that they sit Kyler Murray in week 18. In a collaborative effort between a front office, John and Monty Ossifort, Jonathan Gannon, and understanding the long-term value of, of maybe improving their drafts, draft stock by and, and evaluating Clayton Toon and some other players, I, I just think that you could see a game where Kyler Murray comes out, gets some reps, and then they, they hand it over to Toon. You want like a percentage? Like, can yeah. I put a percentage on that? Yeah, give me a percentage. I'd say that's like, I'd say it's over half, like sixty percent. Damn. Don't you think? I want that. I'm like, does that mean I? I see that. I want that for myself. But I, I they're so competitive. Gannon and company, they want every win they can get, but they also want to evaluate. So uh, we're going to evaluate with. Should we? We're going to do a three round mock draft here in a second. But first, I'm going <laughs> to again. I'm going to tell everybody. We're, we're money right now here at the end of the season talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. Speaking of money, check us out. Desert Financial, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals, of the venerable household. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union dedicating to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community. Look for Desert Financial for credit, uh, credit cards, checking, savings accounts, mortgages, loans, investment options, and more. Show your team spirit with a free checking account right now. I did it online. It takes like five minutes. Then you can get your own official Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card in the mail, in person. Check them out, desertfinancial.com slash Cardinals to get started. Uh, big reason why I love Desert Financial, folks. They're everywhere here in the Valley. Convenience is key here in 2023. Make Desert Financial the key to your spending spree in 2023. 228 people here watching the show live why don't you do us a favor hit that like button and we'll give you some helpful hints for your holiday shopping how about our friends over at shady rays shadyrays.com premium sunglasses sunglasses not at a premium price independent sunglasses company it's world-class product it's unbelievable what they can do uh for not really breaking your bank shady rays offers the most insane protection a plan on all their eyewear. If you lose or break your sunglasses, they will basically, they'll replace them. Almost no questions asked long after your purchase or shortly after your purchase. Shady Rays, uh, they're also doing great things within their communities, building play sets uh, for pediatric cancer patients and providing young adults with MS outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays making an impact on your community near you. Learn more about Shady Rays. Go to their website, ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code PHNX so you can save 50% on two or more pairs premium polarized shades from Shady Rays. Go see what 250,000 people are rating five stars online at ShadyRays.com. Could 
could the Cowboys sit their starters week 18 against the Commanders if they don't have a bye? If they if they haven't locked up the Didn't division they do it last year, I think that's something to watch. Uh, yeah. Commanders, can you win another game, please? Uh, we're going to do a two round mock draft here. Uh, I'm going to present and share my screen. We're going to use our friends, Trevor Sikkim's big board, and our friends at Pro Football Focus, like we do with all of our mock drafts. And uh, Chicago Bears, Bo, they're on the clock. We're going to start this draft. Caleb Williams, Drake May, very predictable, one and two. It's a chalk draft, Bo, so far. Yeah. It's like uh, you're at the helm, and you're just going chalk. And I think we probably keep it chalk. We would take Marvin Harrison Jr. I like it. Uh, before we get to our next pick, I want to look at some of these other options. So Marvin goes three. Brock Bowers, typical Washington move, goes four. Uh, my God, that poor franchise. Uh, Latu, one of our favorites in the draft from UCLA, he goes to the Bears. Nice little haul for the Bears. Pac-12 exclusives. Joe Alt, my favorite. Uh, oh, look at that going over Fashanu. Um, He goes six to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Jets take the other tackle. Newton goes to the Giants and DeVito. Uh, Roma Dunze, who uh, you know, quickly becoming, I think, a, a top 10 pick in his own right, goes nine. Malik Napers. So to we've the got Titans, three, right? Yeah, goes nine to the Titans. Malik Napers to the Chargers. Chargers can't help themselves. Keep taking first round receivers <laughs> uh, after Megabus Quinton Johnson last year. Three receivers go top 10, two tackles. How about this? Atlanta, Bo Nix. Uh, that's a choice. That's quite a choice. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I'd love right now. Jaden Daniels to the Broncos, kindly inject that. Kindly inject the chaos with Russell Wilson, the amount of capital that they spent to trade for Russell Wilson, and then they go Jaden Daniels, Bo. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Go for it. As you mentioned, certainly a choice from Broncos country. Let's ride. Because uh, you gift the Arizona Cardinals the best, uh, a crop of the best remaining non-quarterback prospects in the 2024 draft and you can look at a couple premium positions right away jerry verse out of florida state uh big reason of why they went 13 and 0 kool-aid mckistry the cornerback position obviously huge area of need for the arizona cardinals um man i mean it, this one's tough but i'm leaning toward verse personally i think that i am as well i think verse is is a, is a more well-rounded prospect um, and a little bit more of a sure thing coming off the edge. And, you know, you you uh, rush and cover, cover and rush. I think it helps things out when you got a player of the caliber, Jared Verse, out of Florida State, uh, and you can address cornerback later in the draft. Yeah, this is not a tweener pick. This isn't a, a reclamation project. This is not somebody converting positions. This is somebody that's been steadily getting better, albeit in the ACC for a big boy program that plays big time schools in, in Florida state. Look at their non-conference schedule. They're playing LSU. They're playing Florida. You know, they, 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 they had an undefeated season. He was a big part of that. So I'm with you. I I'm always going to go front seven over corner in part, because I think the Cardinals are going to spend on a number one corner in free agency. So the only, the only position I think that's a little bit watered down now is tackle. So I'm hoping that we take verse here at 16 Maybe there's a best available offensive lineman for us. Doesn't look like it here at pick 35, Bo. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you were, like you said, you could, you're maybe holding out for, for a tackle. But then, you know, as we, we get gifted, I think, and, and this is the big reason why you kind of hold off 
is you get a Kalen King in the second round. Yeah. Who is like, I, I don't see a whole lot of separation from, from the cornerback class. Like nobody is the consensus top guy right now. And some people yeah. would say uh, Kool-Aid, but in Kalen's in the discussion, I kind of like Kalen King in this position way better than I like Kool-Aid McKistry at 16 overall. I think King is the play here and you go premium position, premium position. You go edge and then corner uh, back to back. Uh, For the sake of it, let's just see what the trade is. So Kansas City is interested. 35 to 57 would be a huge, huge leap for the Arizona Cardinals to take uh, in this scenario just for shits and gigs. It'd be 57 35, 89, and probably a second next year, and they're not willing to do that. I'm not willing to make that trade. I'm going Kalen King as well, Bull Brock, as we put a bow on our little cutie two-round mock draft here <laughs> on a football Tuesday. Let's check out our grade. I think it's going to be pretty high, Bo. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little sweet boy. It uh, what, what we were able to accomplish here, a plus, A plus, A with Kalen King. I wonder where we gotten this an A plus there. What's the chat saying? Are they are they with us on this draft? Uh, was it versus the way Rafa thirty said? Um, Connor Stallions uh, is spying on us, saying hoping for Newton, and I think Newton went way before. Right? He was a top I ten. This, I think we're seeing a preview with Jerzon Newton going eighth overall. I don't see a scenario in which he doesn't go top ten unless he bombs the off season, which I don't expect. I think Devin Witherspoon helped his case. That's a big boy program in Champaign, Illinois now. And he is easily the quintessential top defensive tackle in this draft. He And he can rush the passer. He can get you bulk sacks at the NFL level. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, Cardinals somehow do win two more games, Bo, and they're picking at the bottom half of the top 10. He, <laughs> he quickly becomes a player that we all need to key in on. Deuce saying it's a fail draft, emphatic, all caps, wow. fail draft. Uh, we got uh, Derek Fife saying it's an A plus. Randolph saying A plus draft all the way. Appreciate that. Um, Trey saying anybody, any peep, uh, they cop my draft. <laughs> Did you take this, Trey? I pr- we apologize. I didn't. I, I don't know if we ever saw this. Chase agrees. It's, it's a great draft as well. I'm going to tell you right now, any any draft where the Cardinals get Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever yeah. happens after that, we just let the chips fall where they may. Assuming that they don't have to trade picks to get Marvin, like you, any draft that starts with a potential Hall of Fame-level prospect, and I'm putting that on Marvin Harrison Jr., we're, we're playing with house money at that point. I don't care and, if it's Joe Blow at pick 16. And, and Deuce giving a little bit more context to his fail. He's saying they need O-line. And absolutely, and D-line, no doubt about it. And they've got three more picks coming around uh, in the third round that they can certainly address some beef, get some beef on the the squad uh, and and really start to address the trenches. But just the way that this draft and the way that the the dominoes kind of fell, I think that you would be reaching for, you know, the next best tackle on the board at that point at 16. And going with arguably the top edge rusher at 16 you take it it's a premium position absolutely i think the interesting conversation i I, interesting might be the wrong word but should the cardinals win a couple games here and maybe god forbid they even play themselves out of the tackle sweepstakes like what what then what becomes of the cardinals then is it latu certainly not brock bowers do they consider newton do they look at some of these tier two receivers like that that's where things you know you might want to start working the phones to see if somebody wants a yeah. Jaden Daniels or or a Bonex. But to me, it's like 
I know the, the mock doesn't reflect it, but the draft to me at the end of the day is the two blue chip quarterbacks, a generational receiver, and two blue chip offensive tackles. Like I like Latu. I don't put him in the same category as Joe Alder Fashanu. I just don't. And so I think that's those are the tiers right now. And while the Cardinals are still live at three and ten, they're they're gonna be in a prime position for one of these elites. Yeah. And Brian making a point. Jordan Morgan. Uh, the U of A, was he still on the board? Could he, he slip to the third round? Would you be all right with him at, at the top of the second round? Um, Not over like a Kalen King. You're not a Morgan guy. You're not I, Captain I, I honestly don't. I I need to do more research on Morgan. That's fine. Our guy guys need to do, yeah. He wants him. You guys need to do some research at gophnx.com. I'm not giving people homework, but I'm I'm kind of doing that. Become a diehard today. Go to P- gophnx.com. Pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year. You're a diehard. Our guy Howard Balzer, PHNX Cardinals beat reporter, cranking out the content on the reg. 90% is free. You want that sweet, sweet 10%? Become a diehard. Check us out in the member Discord. We're having fun. We're enjoying the offseason, uh, or excuse me, in-season, in, in route to the offseason. I think I made the playoffs in our fantasy football league, but I'm excited about that. The diehard league, it means something to me. It should mean something <laughs> to you again. Become a part of our family. As Vin Diesel would say, we're family. We're diehards together. Next best thing of this PHNX Cardinals community is becoming a diehard, taking it up to 11 with your boys, Bo. Yeah, tough to beat what's going on in the member Discord and getting the that deal as a free hat, free T-shirt. Yeah. Love Pay it. For itself. Tomorrow, we're going to hear from the Cardinals franchise quarterback, Cardinal Charles. You still with us? Uh, you got Kyler Murray at the podium. I'm going to hear from Jonathan Gannon, the latest on Hollywood Brown. Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter, you can ask me to ask some questions in the press conference. What's the latest on Carlos Watkins and uh, LJ Collier on the defensive line? Two guys that went out with biceps injuries on the IR. Ask for an update tomorrow. We'll give it to you on a 4.30 edition of PHNX Cardinals. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel and wherever you listen to your podcast, leave a rating, drop a review. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.